We are just coming from Shavuos, in which we read the first day, the Haftarah of Masa Merkava, which is a Nevuah of Yecheskel, a vision in which he saw, um, let's call it a heavenly chariot. And there were a lot of uh, things, Malochim and all type of different things, until even he describes the appearance of Hashem and how he was surrounded by some type of a rainbow. And obviously, these are just uh, allusion to very spiritual matters. As a matter of fact, the Rambam in Ilchais Yisada Torah calls the concept of Pnimiya Satoire, calls it Masa Merkava. And he suggests that Masa Merkava is not something that is to be um, studied by people unless they have already, as he says, filled up their, uh, their plate with the Chumash, the Halacha, the Gemara, and so on. Of course, time has changed, and right now, we are more in need of strengthening our Av of Yira. And since the Baal Shem Tov, since the Arizal has been more revealed to more people since the Baal Shem Tov, it has been revealed and even mandatory for everyone to learn. The, one of the reasons why this is the Haftarah that we read on Shavuos is because Masa Merkava was a Gilui Milemailo, something that was revealed to Yecheskel that was never revealed to anyone before, in the same way that Matan Torah was a great revelation that came, Gilui Milemailo, that had never took place before, as we have discussed in uh, previous episodes. There is um, an interesting Mishnah that uh, tells us that one is not allowed to teach to one individual student unless he is a Chacham that understands things on his own. The following stories are about some Sadikim, some Chachamim, who were discussing Masamirkava and very strange, interesting things happen. A story that once Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai was riding on his donkey. He was on his journey, traveling on the road. Very important detail. We will learn it, we will figure it out later. Rabbi Lazar ben Arach was riding his donkey behind him. Or leading his donkey behind him. Rabbi Lazar ben Arach was one of the five Talmidim of Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai. So, Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai was the Rebbe, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach was his Talmid, and he was following him. Amar loy Rebbe, shenali perekechot b'masem merkava. The Talmid, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach, is asking his Rebbe, Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai, teach me one subject in masem merkava. And as I told you before, Masa Merkava was the code word for Primus Kabbalah. Of course, because when you read Masa Merkava of Yecheskel, you realize this is not Kipshutoi. There has to be a deeper meaning. We're talking about Sedrish Talshelus, we're talking about Giluim, and different, uh, different Oilamois and so on. Amar Loi, Rabbi Echanan Menzakai tells him, 
לא ייקח שניסו לכם ולא במקום וביחיד, אלא אם כן היה חכם מבין מידתוי. Didn't I teach you that I cannot talk about מסם ברכבה unless the תלמיד is a חכם who could understand things on his own. Implying that perhaps as great as רבי אלעזר בן ערך was, he wasn't yet at this level. So then what does רבי אלעזר בן ערך need to do if he wants to hear פנימיס הטוירה פעם רבי חמל זכאי. He needs to show him that he's able to do it by himself. He needs to show him that he's a chacham mevin midatoy. So how do you do that? Amar lo, Rebbe, tarsheni lomar lefanecha, davarechot shini matani. Rebbe, allow me to say in front of you something, to repeat something that you have taught me. Wait a second. If he doesn't want to teach him now, Masim Berkova, because he's not... Worthy enough, where did he teach him something, Masim Merkava, that was worthy enough? Obviously, Abraham ben Zakai probably did bring in some points, diluted. But Rebbe Lazar ben was able to show him that from what you taught me, I was able to develop it and bring it much further. And by this proving, I am Chacham Mevin Midatoy. I could understand it on my own. And therefore, you could teach me more. Amar lo emoir. רבי חמי זכאי says go for it, tell me. מיד ירד רבי חמי זכאי מהלך חמור ונישאתף וישב על אבן תחס הזייס. Right away, רבי אלעזר בן ערך, רבי חמי זכאי went off his donkey, put on a talis, sat on a rock under an olive tree. We have many times discussed the fact that every word in the Gemara is um, meaningful and there must be a reason why he had to get off his donkey and sit uh, under an olive tree and all the things. But being that I didn't find any of these details in the books of the Mefarshim or the Chesides that explains this, that this specific story, it wouldn't be right for me to suggest that perhaps this has to do with the learning of Pnimius Atayra being that Chamoir in Chesidus refers to Chumrius. So in order to elevate yourself, you may need to disconnect, get off the donkey, get off the, 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 the Chumrius, the Gashmias, and sit under an olive tree because in the same way that water is representing Tayra, oil floats over water And what floats over water? What could float over Taira? Pnimisa Taira. So definitely that there is a connection over here, but I'm saying that there is no, not necessarily validity to these words because I, I just made it up. Amar lo'e Rebbe, mi pnema yarata malachamoy. Rebbe Lazar ben Arach says to Rebbe Yechamen Zakai, why did you need to get off the donkey? We're traveling, we're on our own. We could keep on traveling and talking. He tells him, Amar, Efshar, Atta, Doyresh, Bemasa, Merkava, Veshchina, Imanu, Malacha, Ashores, Melavi, Noisanu, Vanierka, Valachamoyer. Would it be right that you will be talking about Masa, Merkava, and this will trigger that the Malachim are coming to hear it, and the Shechina is amongst us, and I will be riding my donkey? What do you get from this? Rabbi Chaman Zaka is expecting that if you are going to talk, you're going to have the Shechina and the Malochim, everybody's coming in here. 
By the way, you know, the Mishnah in Perkyavis, that any time we learn Torah, the Shechina is there. The Ebishter is coming. Learn Torah, the Ebishter is here. The Shechina, meaning Hashem reveals Himself. But when it comes to Primus Atayra, because what you're learning is about the Ebishter, therefore the Gilu will be much greater. Yavicha ben Zakai is actually expecting that when his Talmud is going to talk about Masa Merkava, there will be great Giluim, Malachim and stuff. And indeed, he wasn't disappointed. Let's read the rest. Miyad, which by the way, girls, you know, that makes you realize that when you are learning, learning the Shechina is there, you know, behave accordingly. Miyad pasa Rabbi Lazar ben Arach ben Masa Merkava. Right away, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach started to talk about Masa Merkava. Vedorash, he lectured. What happened? Fire came from heaven, surrounded all the trees in the field. All the trees opened up their mouth and started to sing a shira. What is the shira that those, those trees were saying? Fruit trees. As well as cedar trees are screaming hallelujah, are singing hallelujah. A malach came out of the fire and said, because remember, the fire was surrounding the trees. A malach came out of the fire and says, yes indeed, this is Masa Merkava. As I say in English, that's what I'm talking about. Rabbi Yechen ben Zakai got up and kissed his Talmud, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach, on his head. He was very pleased by what he saw. Rabbi Yechen ben Zakai praises Hashem, who gave a son, descendant to Avram Avinu, who knows that to understand and research and lecture in Masa Merkava. Then he goes on. There are those Talmidim who are able to lecture, but their actions are not up to par. Those who are acting very well, but they are unable to lecture. Ato, you, however, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach, you have the ability to lecture and act well. Ashrecha Avram Avinu, and it goes back to praise Avram Avinu again, that Lazar ben Arach came out from you. So this is the end of the first story. Rabbi Lazar ben Arach asking permission to repeat. Rabbi Lazar ben Arach asking Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai to talk about Masa Merkava. Rabbi Yochanan says, I don't think I can because you have to be Chacham Evin Me'atzmai. Rabbi Lazar ben Arach says, well, let me show you. Can I repeat something you taught us? And when he did, fire came down from heaven, surrounded the trees, and Malach came out and called out, this is Masa Merkava. Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai is very, very excited about what he sees. He praises, he praises Rabbi Lazar ben Arach and praises Avram Avinu for having such a descendant. Okay? Now to the next story. When these event was told to Rabbi Yeshua, 
Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yisiakoyen, another two of the five Talmidim of Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai, were also traveling on the road, Amru Af Anu Nidrosh B'Masa Merkava. And they say, let us also lecture and talk about Masa Merkava. Rabbi, yes, Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Yosia Koyen. Okay? You see in Perkeoves, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach, Rabbi Yoshua ben, oh, yeah, yeah, Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai had five Talmidim, right? Rabbi Eliezer ben Urkenus, Rabbi, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach, Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Yosia Koyen, and then the other guy. So, those, three, those two other Talmidim of, of Rabbi Reza ben Arach, they said, let us, oh, we just, uh, of Rabbi Haman Zakai, they said, we also heard about what happened to Rabbi Lazar, our friend, let's also talk about Masem Merkava. Why do you think that they're being copycats? Oh, they, he did it, let's see if we could do it too. Do you think that's what it was? No. There must be that there's something in common in the event. Those two stories so far have one thing in common. It took place while traveling. traveling. So, why is traveling the right time to talk about Masabakawa? It's because imagine, imagine if Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai is the Rebbe and he's talking to one student about secrets of the Torah in the best Medrash. What's going to happen? Everybody's going to gather and come to listen. Because that's what happened when one guy sees that the Rebbe is talking to somebody. Everybody comes to listen. Everybody pushes their head to try to hear it. But I can't. Therefore, Rabbi Yechamazaka is not going to talk about the things in the Best Medrash in public. When we're traveling and there is nobody else around. So then, Rabbi Lazar is saying to Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai, nobody else is around, it's just you and me. Now we could talk about Masa Merkava. Nobody else will hear it. So Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yesia Cohen were traveling on the road and they said, What a chaf, that's such a good idea. Af anu nidrosh Let us also talk about Masa Merkava now that there is peace and quiet. Nobody else is going to come to, to listen. So that's exactly what they did. Pasa Rabbi Yeshua Vedarash. Rabbi Yeshua opened up his mouth and started to talk. Opening up his mouth actually means a lot more than opening up his mouth. It means actually, said a chiddush. Pasa, he opened a new thing. That day was the beginning of the season of Tammuz, which is the summer season. And in Eretz Yisrael, this is the season in which you don't see clouds. It's just... Blue sky. However, when he started to talk about Masa Merkava, Niskashru Shamayim Be'avim, Venirakim in Keshes Be'anon. The sky became cloudy, and a rainbow appeared in the cloud. Does that mean Hashem wasn't happy because he showed a rainbow? Sounds like it, but we'll see. In the Talmud Yerushalmi, when this story is told, they add that an earthquake happened. He started to talk. The rainbow came. The earthquake happened. 
the malachim, all the malachim came to listen. Not like what in the first story where one malach came out of the fire and says, that's Masa Merkava. Malach Ashores were coming to listen. In the same way that people gather around one who's doing a shtick in front of Hassan Vekala. I'm sure you've seen that, you know, in weddings. You know, Hassan is sitting down and there's some cool guy who's doing his uh, breakdance moves and nobody, or his juggling moves and nobody have seen that before. So then 200 people are pushing each other, gathering. Let me see, let me see. That's why I do, I make a beeline for the Venice table because nobody else is there. So he says, that's how everybody was looking. The Malachim were all looking. There's nobody else. Rabbi, Lazar, Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Siakoy. And Malachim are gathering, pushing each other. Let me see, let me see. They want to hear this, what's happening. After they got home, Rabbi Yesi HaKoyen went straight to Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai to tell him, look at what your Talmud did. Look how great he is. He started to talk about Masa Merkava. There was a rainbow, there was an earthquake. Malachim came, they're pushing each other. I want to hear what he says. Rabbi Yechem ben Zakai was very excited. Ve'omar, Ashreichem ve'ashrei elatechem. Ashreichem! And Ashrei is your mother's. Ashrei nai shekacherau. Happy is my eyes who've seen this, who've seen my Talmidim able to do this. Ve'afani ve'atem b'chaloimi mesubim ha'inu al har Sinai. You and I were together in my dream on har Sinai. Ve'nasno alinu baskol min ha'shomayim, baskol kemat from shomayim and said, Alu lekan, alu lekan, come up here. The three of you. Great halls with beautiful couches are ready for you. And then he continues, you Talmidim, you Talmidim, Talmidim, Talmidim are invited to here to come up in Al-Sinai. You know what is the top of Al-Sinai? It's Mashiach Rabbeinu hung out for 40 days and received the whole Teresh Pe, right? That's where he says, that's where he sees a Gilu Elokus. And this Baskoil is coming in his dream. Rabbi Yechem ben Zaka is saying, I finally, I finally hear, I finally understand what was this Baskoil about. Why Dafke you, Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Yossi Cohen are the one invited to come up with me up to the top of our Sinai, because you are able to bring down such a great Giloy through the learning of Primus Atayr. Let me ask you a question according to what you think, which one of the two stories seems to be more valuable in a sense in which which one Rabbi Yechaman Zaka was the most excited about? What was the biggest deal? The first or the second? And there is reasons to say either one. The lad, I would like to hear from you both sides of the story. So who says the first story is more valuable or more Rabbi Yechem and Zaka was more excited about? Yeah? Why? 
Okay, but he put on the talis and sat down over there on the rock before he heard. So he was anticipating something great to happen. But he didn't anticipate anything from other people. He, he wasn't there. He wasn't there, right. He, he didn't expect anything. Okay, so maybe there was more of a surprise when it came to the first story because he, okay, he didn't expect anything. But, or in the first story, he expected it to happen anyways. Um, let's look at the way the... Praise went. Is he praising more in the first story than in the second story? All right. In the second, is praising them more? Why? Where do you see that? Um, because it just more, takes out more lines. It takes out more lines. That will be a. Uh, uh, but but let, let's read. I'm not that sure. You know, in the first story, he seems on going on and on and on about. In the first one? Yeah. Yeah, saying like the same thing, just in really long. In the second one, he says a few different phrases. Right. So, so here in the second story, it seems that there is many praises. The first story is the same praises repeating itself. And what was that, that first praise? Praises Abraham. Praises Abraham. It's like when it praises my own eyes. In the second one, he's praising himself, themselves. Ashreichem. In the first story, he begins by praising Avraham. In the middle, he says, oh, you're good. You're very good. And then he goes back. Oh, Avraham Avinu, you are so lucky to have such a descendant. In the second story, however, he's praising them directly. Or, or even himself in the story, not praising himself, but praising Hashem. That he was able to see that. So you see that there is a direct um, excite, uh, excitement that is di- directed to themselves rather to their the ancestry. As opposed to the first story, everything was praised to the ancestry. Why do you think this is what happened? I mean, in the first case, it was fire coming down from Shemaim. In the second case, there was an earthquake, a rainbow. But why do you think that there was a difference in the response of Rabbi Yechanan ben Zakai in the two story? What made the second story perhaps more valuable or more exciting to him? And I also have other questions. If the second story seems to be greater in other words, if the accomplishment of Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Siakoyen was greater, why did it sound to be that Hashem was upset? Why a rainbow? Even an earthquake. When the fire was surrounding the trees, <laughs> nothing went on fire. It was just a fire surrounding the trees, the trees singing, and Malach comes out and says, that's good. Over here, there is an earthquake, there is a rainbow, which is a sign of anger, perhaps. And yet, it seems the second story is greater. I want to ask you another question. Who was the hero in the second story? Oh. Yeah, but really, who did, the, who, who did all the work? Which one? Rabbi Yeshua actually is the one who spoke, right? Posa Rabbi Yeshua. 
Rabbi Yossi goes to Rabbi Yochan ben Zakai. He says, look what Rabbi Yeshua did. Rabbi Yochan ben Zakai tells him, wow, the two of you and myself, in my dream, we're going up to Har Sinai. It seems that Rabbi Yossi Akoyen also took part, right, in this discussion. In the first story, there was only one guy, the Zobel Zamanarach. In the second story, it's Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yossi Akoyen. And Rabbi Yeshua says, Af Anu. Let us both talk about Masa We hear about Rabbi Yeshua talking. We hear about all the earthquake and the rainbow and stuff. And then we don't hear Rabbi Yossi saying anything. And yet at the end, when Rabbi Yechamazaka is praising them, he's praising them both. That it seems that Rabbi Yossi Akoyen was also part of that drosha in Masa And yet, we don't hear it. Doesn't say why. Doesn't say what he said and why is it okay, that he's not mentioned in the story as having contributed to the Giluim, but yet he is part of the reward that come with it. Really the answer to all of these questions is really one answer. And the answer is, what was said. What was said in the first story, and what was said in the second story. What was said in this first story? What did Rabbi Lazar ben Arach say? Something that he heard from Rabbi Yechanan. What does that mean? He understood it very well. He understood what he was taught very well. But did he himself innovate in this in this Torah? No. Apparently not much. But he was able to repeat something that he heard from his Rebbe. Probably elaborate on it. But the whole point was that he repeated something that came from above. From his Rebbe. Therefore, what happened? Fire came from above. His Torah was milemailo lemata. He only repeated what he heard from his Rebbe. So therefore, the Gilui that came was also expressed as something that came The blessing. How did he praise him, Rabbi Yechanan? Look in the text. How did he praise him? Going back to Avram Avinu. Saying, Avraham Avinu, you have such a descendant. Again, relating the praise to his ancestry. Milamailo. Because the Torah that he said was a repetition of something he heard from his spiritual ancestry, from his Rebbe. So how everything is relative over here. He spoke by repeating things he heard from his Rebbe. Milamailo. So therefore, a gilu came, milemailo. 
Fire came from above. A malach had to validate what he said. Milamari said, yes, yes, this is Masa Merkava. And when he came to bless them and to praise them, it was also attributed and associated with Mila Maila. Avram Avinu. Twice. Of course in the middle we mention him as well. That was not the case when he came to Rabbi Yeshua. Why not? How do I know it wasn't? I hinted to it when we were reading it and I said this word means Pasach. Pasach. You're opening up a new chiddush. It's like opening up a faucet. Opening up a new channel. Bringing down a new gilu, a new inyan, a chiddush. Something wasn't taught before. Rabbi Yeshua is not repeating something he heard from his Rebbe. Rabbi Yeshua is bringing his own chiddush. Milemata. So therefore, the praise is attributed to them directly as well. The praise is you, Ashrechem, Asher my eyes that saw you do this. And the Giluim also were in a way of Milemata. Haso, the earthquake, is the earth moving? Wait a second, but the clouds. Clouds and evaporation. Clouds come from the evaporation. Even though the clouds are above, but the clouds is ve'ed yalem in that when the water of, of the mato evaporate and goes up, which means that your pe'ule lemata, basar Yeshua, has created a gilui that comes. You made that cloud. The cloud is an evaporation of the, actually means the above. Masatachtoini. And now your question. Now you may ask, well, about Rabbi Lazar also it says, Pasar Rabbi Lazar v'dorash, So it seems that if this whole explanation is based on the fact that Rabbi Yeshua, it says, Pasar Rabbi Yeshua, meaning that that is the proof that he said his own Torah, as opposed to Rabbi Lazar Benarach, who was merely repeating his Rebbe's Torah, then why does the Pasach about Rebbe Lazar as well? Rebbe explains that there is no question that when Rebbe Lazar repeated uh, whatever his Rebbe taught him, he definitely included some of his own Chidushim, or at least repeated it in his own style, with his own spin. Even though he clearly said, allow me to repeat something that you taught me, but after all, someone like Abelazar Benarach wouldn't simply repeat. He would definitely add some of his own insights. Well, that is enough to call it Pasach. He opened, he started, it's his own thing. But it wasn't enough to be considered his own Torah. After all, he was indeed repeating what he heard, what he heard from his Rebbe. And that is why there wasn't they were not the same giluim, and that is why they, he didn't receive the same praises and blessings from Rabbi Yechem ben Zakkai. Now, finally, we need to understand why the rainbow. After all, this is such a great gilui, 
And as we explain all the things that came out after Rabbi Yeshua's lecture, show more of Hashem's pleasure rather than his displeasure that will be expressed by the sight of a rainbow. Don't we think that, don't we know that a rainbow, after all, is a sign that Hashem put to Noyach, saying that, well, whatever, I'm really upset. I'm going to put the rainbow to remind me that I shouldn't destroy the world. So what was so bad that it needed a rainbow? Then explains that there is another side to the rainbow. It says in Midrash, in Breshis Rabo, that the rainbow is associated with Hashem himself, which is even brought in Halacha, in Shechnoche, Chaim, Reshchoftes, that one is not allowed to stare at the rainbow because it's disrespectful to Hashem. Being that, as we mentioned before, in the Nevo of Yecheskel, Masa we are told that there was the appearance of the rainbow on top of the Kise, the highest of the stages, the highest level of the Merkava, was described by a, a rainbow, it is then logical to say that the rainbow that appeared while Rabbi Yeshua was talking about Masa Merkava is not the rainbow that is used as a sign of Hashem's displeasure and anger, but it is rather the rainbow associated with Masa Merkava itself. The fact that the Gemara explains to us that this was a nice, clear summer day and Hashem made the rainbow appear shows us that this, what triggered the rainbow, was Rabbi Yeshua's lecture. It wasn't a sign um, that will be then a sign of displeasure that is usually associated with a rainbow on a rainy day. See in the Gemara Brachis, the Flamed Beis, Amud Beis, he mentions that when a rainbow appears after a rain, you're supposed to say a certain Bracha of Zecher Abris. This wasn't the case. It was a sign that yes, indeed, like the Malachim says, this is indeed Ma'asem Merkava. So what do we take out of this story is that, well, there is a, a great value to repeating whatever we heard from our Rebbe's, our teachers, our Rebbeim. Faithfully repeating it with Bitul is definitely commendable. But we still need to insert our own effort. Our own effort to the point of that is Chalkenu Besarasecho. That it is somewhat of our own Chiddush as much as one is allowed to get into that. And when we accomplish that, well, what we're yielding 
is great results. When indeed what we are saying is based on items that we have, based on chokhmah that we have received from our Rebbeim, and we are not only repeating it, but also putting in our own effort and processing it ourselves, that is worth great praises and it's also worthy of great giluim.